0: What's going on Bulls Nation and welcome in to the CHGO Bulls Podcast presented by PointsBet. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when signing up at PointsBet to live your bet life. What's going on everybody? Happy Thursday and welcome in. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Beck. Big Dave here at hey. Bow BAWL Sports. Hanging out at our downtown West Loop Studios. Here's the HGO with our producer and our pal, Joey. Hey, Joey. And in the magic circle, per usual, it's our pal. And the best of all of us, Will the Goat Golly. Follow him on Twitter at Won't Gottlieb. Will, how goes? you doing,
1: buddy? I'm good. I've got a little bit of a head cold today, so sorry if I sound like a crazy person. But we're back in draft evaluation mode, and that makes me very happy. Very excited. Yeah,
2: wait, are you saying this is you not at a hundred percent
1: right now? This is me not at a hundred percent right now. But I'm like 90%. could not tell. 92 or 93%. <laughs> <I'm
2: close. laughs> it's amazing, man. It's amazing, sir. You do wonderful work. You look so good. <laughs> that was wonderful. It's As Brazil. Always. Brazil agrees with Will. It, it agrees with him. It says you How could,
0: How could it not agree with him? It rhymes. Ooh. I like your style, kid. Will in Brazil. <laughs> I like that. I, You know, like I hope he's had his, his fun down there, but do I'm say. eager for him to return. You hear that, Will? I am, you come too. come back,
2: and you come back soon. Yeah, I said that today. The return, the return I really is did. coming. Yeah, man. Good. I, said, I literally said that today, Yeah. in. I said, you know what? I kind of miss Will. Why is he in studio, it's man? ages. It, it, a took minute, you, man. it
1: took you a whole month, but you finally started missing It took me a minute. <laughs> time, it had to settle in, week, Will. I will be back. I will be back. I'm not sure <laughs> if I'll make it in time for studio, uh, to be in studio for the show, but I will be back by this time next week. Yes, it's Heck. happening.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, we've got plenty of people hanging out. It's like a li- lively day here at CHGO. It is. The uh, Bears crew here earlier today. Yes. We have the CHGO pod led by Kev. Yes. They drafted their favorite eighties movies today. I read it's that. Really on fun. Twitter. And the and the White Sox crew here hanging out.
1: Not movie in sight.
2: What? Not
1: That's even Rocky Three. Inside. We need a. We need Kev, to how Rocky
2: out. ain't get on the eighties movies list, man? Yeah. <laughs> Rocky Three. Rocky four. four three is the best one.
0: Ah! Uh, oh, are we me, about to get into this? Uh, oh, we can four. get into this.
2: We Rocky can four. get into this,
1: man. Guy. I do love Clever, but.
2: What? Clever Lane should have won an Oscar. All right. Mr. T <laughs> should have won an Oscar for that role. You tell me somebody else who knocked Rocky ass out. Who? who? Name him. It don't exist. Move on. <laughs> it don't exist. Drago. Drago was trash. Drago was trash. I said it don't get me started on this man i got thoughts about rocky i got many many thoughts about rocky yo i go into not this not even
1: in deep off season mode yet i think
2: we should save this well. will <laughs> i think you and i should
0: just leave and then just let yeah. dave yell about the rocky
2: movie oh for my the next
0: 50
1: minutes i
2: will do it i probably I will <laughs> definitely do it man mr t shout out the Chicago cold Zone. war
1: would not have ended without rocky versus ivan drago okay yeah, These he ended up uh, – <laughs> Drago
2: killed the dude, all right? Rocky went to his home country, trained in the snow by lifting logs, got beat up, beat up Drago for like 15 rounds, didn't even knock him out, beat him up for like 15 rounds, and then gave a State of the Union speech at the end. Clover Lane walked yeah, yeah. in, punched Rocky in the You're face, and knocked his ass out you. in like two rounds. No, get out of here, man. Like, it was Clover Lane. Clover Lane was goontastic. In that movie, man. All right, he killed his manager. This all in the same man. day. Killed his manager, insulted his wife. Like <laughs> he, man. I Cover Lang was a G. He was a G. You see me right there. You feel me over here? Come on with it, Jay. It, Rocky Three. <laughs> tell these people, man. Jared. Tell these people,
3: Jared from off camera, going with Rocky Three. <laughs> Jared
2: showing
0: in. Also,
3: why is it that Big Dave puts on a
0: Pittsburgh hat and then becomes like one of the most <laughs> confrontational people? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's some correlation there.
2: <laughs> you brought up Rocky. You brought up Rocky, man. I like, didn't bring up Rocky. You brought up, up. Rocky next, and week,
0: said I Actually, he, he have brought to, up Rocky.
1: Next week, instead of the drafting 80s movies, they're going to have to draft Rocky movies. That will be. You Ooh, okay. Put Creed in there. You, you go with the whole, the whole series.
2: You don't like Creed?
0: Like, like the reboot? Yeah, the reboot. Called Creed with <laughs> Michael B. Jordan? Never saw him.
3: Wow, Come and on. Creed one, was, Creed one was pretty solid. Creed I'll one was maybe very get good. around
0: to it eventually. I love Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, I think he's, he's, he's like one of the most talented, like next generation of I actors out there. Completely Completely agree. But I just you know. I Never but it did make to you want to go see Creed though. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan. Okay. I haven't been to a movie theater in, since like 2000. Well, they got these things called TVs and streaming. Yeah, no, and, like, you can do that. There's so many new shows out. Like I just finished the first season of Severance, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Now
2: I'm I'm picking up The Boys, which
3: just Ooh, dropped the yeah. first few episodes yeah. of
0: its
2: new season. Yeah, there's too much stuff to watch. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of things going. What were you saying, Joey?
3: I was saying Michael B. Jordan's going through a breakup right now. So our, yes. our thoughts are with you, brother. Corey Harvey. Yeah.
2: Yes, he is. We right were now. thinking about you. You know what I'm saying, so we'll give him his respect at this. He was time. seen
3: at the one of the finals games, and you know he he looked a little upset. He did. He take you know? ticket the
2: Corday man. Looked a little upset up there. Corday's a rapper, by the way. Don't don't worry. Uh, sure, <laughs> I, I, I believe you.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, let's, let's move along into what That's we're actually here to basketball. talk about today. Yes. <laughs> uh, as, uh, as Will mentioned, we're drive, uh, diving back into our draft prospect coverage on today's show. We're going to talk about two guys today. We're going to talk about Ohio State's EJ Liddell, who also, shout out, Chicago local yes. from Belleville, Illinois. Shout out. Um, and the G League Ignite's Jaden Hardy, a mm. guy who, coming out of high school, was originally thought of as like a potentially top five pick in the NBA draft. And his stock's fallen so much so that he's, like, kind of in the wheelhouse of where the Bulls are right now at 18. So we'll talk about both of those guys coming up later. But first, we're going to quickly uh, touch on Game 3 of the NBA Finals that just happened last night. Celtics win 116-100 to take a 2-1 lead. The uh, the Celtics were in command for most of that game, gentlemen. The Warriors had themselves a Warriors third quarter. Briefly took the lead back after having only led 2-0 uh, in the first minute of the game. And then just looked like they kind of ran out of steam in yeah. that fourth quarter, yeah. exhausting their remaining energy. Uh, but I feel like we have to start with the god awful game from Draymond Green, <laughs>
2: like Big Dave. I'm probably, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's that's where you want to start, right? That's exactly where I want to start. I, I mean, <laughs> that's that's where I've started from this whole series. That's all I've talked about was was Draymond Green because I think everything just was dependent on him. I know Steph. Is going to be Steph and Clay is always going to give you a game. Clay was hitting you shots that. last night. He was balling. You know what I'm saying? Steph was balling. They both did all their things. So they needed one more guy to come with them, at least set a tone, at least do something. And Draymond Green, man, woo, was giving out the binary stat line, bro. Like it was tough. And even if usually when he does that, because he did that mm-hmm. last game, he didn't. He didn't have a lot of great stats last game either, Will. But He still set the tone, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, on how that game was supposed to go and being physical, you know, being chippy. And we knew that stuff was coming, you know what I mean? And I knew it was just going to get worse and worse as the series is going to go on because that's who he is. But usually when he does those things, he can actually provide you with some assists. He can provide you with some rebounding, some timely blocks, Uh, just great plays. You've seen it over Mm -hmm. his career. Mm -hmm. Man, this is different because, like I said before, he can't cheat off the bigs like he likes to. There was a great play that Al Horford ran with uh, Marcus Smart where he kept trying to cheat off of Jalen Brown and try to stay in the paint and guard Jalen Brown, and they kicked it back out. And then Al Horford cut to the bucket. Draymond had left and went back uh, to Jalen Brown, and they hit him with a the, with the pass for a very easy dunk. Mm-hmm. Draymond used to be able to do that. <laughs> he can't he can't do that stuff anymore, man, not with this team. And, man, you can't have more fouls than, than points and assists combined. You know, like that's tough, man. Yep. That is tough and he just he was just out there he was just out there man like the gas and the last thing i want to say will on this he tried to do his thing by running his mouth at the end and you could tell he was like dude kick me out of this game kick me out all right the ref said nope <laughs> i'm not going to give you that either we will go have you a that seat. sixth foul right <laughs> we'll take this sixth foul go have a seat that was for me a very interesting thing because that's demoralizing because usually Draymond's trying to do that to get that going because he can walk off and yell at the crowd, you know, and do stuff. They did not allow that to occur, Will, and, man, it was just a tough game for young Draymond, that one.
1: For old Draymond, uh, basically for the Warriors to have to, like, I mean, they're clearly, like, under – they're just not as good. They're, like, completely overwhelmed by how good the Celtics are, right? Like, the talent is just – not really close, and so in order for them to be competitive, they have to get peak stuff being peak stuff, which they got and they have gotten for all three games of the series, and they have to have peak Draymond being peak Draymond. That didn't happen. There's just no contest. I mean, Draymond had a bad game. We all know how I feel about him. I think he's awesome, and he has been awesome for stretches during the series. But yeah. last night was just a bad game, and for them to be even as close as they were, I think speaks more to the Celtics' inability to like win games when they need to than the Warriors kind of being able to scratch and claw their way back in. Um, I was watching that game and I was just like we know the third quarter story is going to happen they're going to start down 15 they're going to just stick around stick around stick around third quarter they're going to get back in and like how does this happen again like you know this is what they're talking about going into every single game every single off day every single practice every single scrimmage like this is what they're Prepared for, and yet they still drop off of Steph and let him shoot pull up threes on these pick and rolls. It's insane to me. Like, the fact that they let the Warriors back in and then were able to push ahead and win it, great. Like, they had that extra gear that they could turn on. The Warriors, as you said, ran out of gas. But the fact that they are even letting it get to that point in the first place is concerning for me if I'm the Celtics. Like, they do not, they could have ended that game in the first quarter. They were up 10, 15, 20 points at at any given point. Um, So, you credit the Warriors for sticking around. Like you said, no one really came with Steph and Clay. Draymond didn't, didn't go there. Um, you mentioned the play with Al Horford. The, the Warriors played a lot of zone last night because if you have Jordan Poole on the floor, they're going to just hunt him and make him guard Jason Tatum. And, like, <laughs> that's going to be easy layups after easy layups. So they're playing a lot of zone. They're giving up baskets. They couldn't get a stop. Then you bring in these offensive lineups to try to get back in the game, and you start giving up layups. It was just a bad recipe, and they clearly just don't have the talent. If Steph Clay and Draymond all aren't going to be at the peak of their powers together in every single game.
0: Yeah, well, you're right in that the Celtics probably could have closed that game out earlier than they did. But everybody suspected that that Warriors third quarter run was coming and it was like it happened because yeah they knocked out some shots obviously you know their their touchdown possession where you know Steph made that four point play and then they reviewed it called it flagrant got the ball back you know seven points on one possession essentially that that was like in the midst of that run that they made but it was because they also got stops but that was the only period of the game when the warriors were able to get stops and then actually secure the rebound after getting a stop if even like if they played good defense for a possession So many times, the Celtics had 15 offensive rebounds last night, Mm. 15, uh, won the rebounding battle overall, 47 to 31, Mm -hmm. like absolutely dominated the Warriors on the boards. And if the Celtics play at their best with all of the size advantage they have on the Warriors, that should probably be close to what the margin is every night. Um, But I think like credit needs to go to not only Jalen Brown, who got the Celtics off to their great start, yeah, 17 won. points in the first quarter, True. but once again, Jason Tatum, who has had some rough shooting nights in these playoffs and in two of these finals games thus far. I believe he was 9 of 23 from the floor last 24. night. But anytime the Celtics like needed a bucket, mm-hmm. if they had come up empty on their last couple of possessions or they were looking like they didn't have a whole lot going in their offensive set, he would take whoever was guarding him one-on-one and just beat them with a difficult move and finish at the rim, like yeah. beautiful finishes at the rim. And you're just like, wow, that's, that's like grown man. I'm about to lead my team to a championship kind of stuff from Jason Tatum.
2: Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. absolutely, you're
1: absolutely right, you're absolutely right about that. And I think part of why that happened is because of the foul trouble, like Steph got in, picked up those two early. And he was kind of like, he wasn't able to play the defensive game that he did in game two, that kind of won them that game. Same, same for Draymond. Like he, Obviously fouled out, but, like, he picked up, I think, four in the first half. So when when your guys aren't able to play defense at their full level, you're kind of just, like, giving up these driving lanes. And not to take away anything from Tatum because I totally agree, he has proven to be, like, that dude that can not only just get you a bucket, but also, I mean, nine assists. He's been, I think, you know, 25 assists in two, game one and game three combined. Like, he's he's been amazing, and he's proven that he can be that sort of heliocentric star wing player that every single team in the league covets um but yeah I just think and the offensive reboundings too was was a great point like Robert Williams finally put his imprint on a game in a huge way and like if Draymond isn't able to if he has to step up to help cut off driving lanes there's no one to box out Robert Williams and they got a ton of extra possessions that way so like I said they're just they're totally overmashing this game and if you're not getting nuclear performances from Steph Clay and Jordan Poole or Draymond like it's just going to be really really hard.
2: Yeah, and you know again to to keep harping on the stuff that's going on in the paint, you mentioned the rebounding, the points in the paint, man. 52 to 26. You know that ugh, well, oh. I'm not a I'm not a math
0: major of any kind, but I do believe that's double.
2: <laughs> that's double. They doubled them up in there, man. And the rebound that you mentioned, you know, uh, offensive rebounds, 15 to 6. That offensive rebound definitely came into play in that fourth quarter for Huge. sure. That Huge. You, saw, you saw that Anytime a Anytime the man. Warriors got it back down to 9 or got
0: it back down to yep. 7 yep. and needed another stop behind that, there was a second chance point Correct. for the Celtics. And
2: Williams was usually the guy behind it doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Williams was doing it. Grant uh, Williams also Grant Williams came up with yes. some big offensive rebounds. He was 22 to 11 in second chance points. Whew. Like, they did all the little tiny things. And you mentioned uh, Tatum, man. Dude, he – everything you said, yes. (laughs) Like, oh, my God. Like, he wasn't going up to get fouled. He was going up to score. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't going up, like, I'm looking for contact or I'm looking to get this contact and then I'm going to fall down nothing. No, he was like, no, hit me, but I'm still going to put this into the basket. Period. He was getting layups. I was just like, wow, yeah. he's this good, huh?
0: Yeah, he's that good. Sometimes the one-on-one defense was actually good one-on-one defense, Dude. and he just beat it anyway. Yeah,
2: it, Steph was not playing bad defense mm-hmm. on him, but he was just like, you're too little. Mm-hmm. I'm going take you to the paint, and I'm going to get this layup every single time. Dude, if he the fact he's gaining this and the fact uh, Jalen Brown is alla- is carrying him and allowing him to find his way
0: yeah.
1: is
2: very, very scary, man. It's scary.
1: I think if you're the Warriors, the the – Area of concern for me, the biggest area of concern is the fact that they're starting to go to that steph, whether it's Clay or Draymond pick and roll in the third quarter now. Usually they save that for the last five minutes if these games are close and they're just hunting threes and they don't give a defense enough time to adjust to it. And now you're going to it in the third quarter. And like I said, initially they're playing back. They're not Robert Williams, uh Tatum, whoever it was, wasn't at the point of the screen. We talk about this all all the time to be able to take away the over three point shot. So they're dropping back. They're giving Steph these threes and he was making them to be expected. Right. And then end of the third quarter, start of the fourth quarter, they got up to the level of the screen and prevented Steph from getting those shots off. And as we've said, nobody else was there. I mean, they couldn't get points from anybody else. So it just, that was kind of over. And I think going into game four, I would feel pretty good if I'm the Celtics knowing, okay, we kind of figured out how to neutralize that Steph pick and roll, which is like their deadliest weapon. And if we can like have a couple of off shooting nights from Otto Porter and clay and Jordan Poole and all these other guys, like, I just, I don't see how they're going to win.
2: Yeah. And the one, one more thing, Steph Curry gassed, bro. Oh man. He is exerting us lot and a lot, a lot of energy to get those 31 points. He and took a
0: couple of jabs toward the end of that game oh, where yeah. he was like, he he got a rib shot when he was yeah. playing defense. Horford
2: fell on his leg. He got
0: fallen on top mm-hmm, of So, mm-hmm. like, I saw Shams or somebody had a tweet this afternoon saying, it's looking good for Steph to play game four, mm-hmm. but even the fact that that was not, a yeah. you know, a certainty yeah. can't be a good sign for the Warriors. It can't be,
2: man.
1: One last thing, and then we're done with this, or, I, or at least I am, like, we just got to pay tribute to Steph. Like, he is having a legendary finals performance. He is so freaking good. The way that he dominates the game is just so different from anything we've ever seen before. And you thought, like, okay, maybe 2017, 2018, this is going to be the last see. No, it's 2022, and he's still doing it, and it's amazing, and I love it. He's crazy
0: good, man. Like, yeah. I, I, who's the best player in this series? I still say it's Steph Curry, despite mm. what Tatum has shown us. It's Steph freaking Curry. Nobody does what he does. Mm -hmm. But now through three games, I feel like I came into this series thinking, the Celtics might be a little bit better on paper. Mm -hmm. I think they're a deeper, more complete team with fewer weaknesses to attack than the Warriors are. Mm -hmm. But I still leaned a little bit Warriors because of the pedigree of championship experience. experience. Mm -hmm. And now after game three, I'm like, that might not matter as much. (laughs) And if the Celtics play to their height compared to the Warriors (laughs) playing at their height, The Celtics win. Yeah. Like, they're the better team. I feel like that's pretty clear after three games now. Yeah.
2: one more. This game is very important. This next one is huge uh, for Golden State, man. We'll see if they pull it out.
1: They have to, like, close games out. I think they've – you said it before, Dave. They played with their food a little bit. They don't shut teams out when they have the chance. And that's what allowed the Warriors to get back into game two, even though – and game three, even though they weren't able to push ahead. Like, they took the lead late in the third quarter. The Celtics can't let that happen. They can't let it get to that point. And I don't know if it's the experience or just something with their genetic makeup, but they keep allowing the Warriors to hang around. And I think that is a recipe for disaster for them because you're right. They are a more talented team. They absolutely should win this series. and I think they will. But the inability to like close the Warriors out when they need to is a little concerning for me there.
0: Mm. Mm. all right so there it is game four tomorrow night friday night warriors really friday. need that one um you know I, I think if they don't even this series i think you know maybe the warriors push it to five but then celtics win in six yeah i think the only ways this, this goes seven is if warriors win tomorrow night yeah um okay so uh today's show brought to you guys by points bet and then we'll get to our draft stuff uh Don't forget that promo code CHGO when you're signing up to get those two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not all. If you make that $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our amazing web content. Plus, you'll get a free T-shirt from our CHGO locker, anyone you want. Mm. That's 2,000 free bets, a free CHGO membership. Free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for just making a $50 or more first-time deposit points bet, and you want to do that anyway, because you're going to have some fun. Got a few finals games left, and then you can start throwing stuff on the Cubs, the Sox, Mm, whatever's mm. going on. Um, Plus, there's still that live NBA same-game parlay for the remainder of these NBA finals. You can watch live. You can boost the odds of those same-game live parlays live. Only on points bet. That's it. Plus... Online sign-up now available for all of you out there who live in Illinois. Mm You can download the PointsBet app, sign up your account, register from start to finish, and start betting all from your phone. What? The thing you have in your pocket all the time. It's right here. Boom. PointsBet. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, you don't just bet. Tell them what you do. Will the Thrill. You live your bet
1: life.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Cash Every time. Every time, baby. That's how he rolled, man. You want to know why he's so on point? I bet you do. You want to know why Will is so on point with his all the time? I will tell you why. At athletic greens Mm. that is why ladies and gentlemen Mm -hmm. the man is always ready and always together because he's got those 75 high quality vitamins and minerals that whole food source superfood those probiotics and of course you cannot forget those adaptogens all going on inside of the goat helps him start his day right that special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health nervous system immune system energy recovery focus and your aging all of these things this is what it does oh and it don't cost you nothing cost you less than three dollars a day you can't even get gas for that no more you can you can't do it i just got a cold brew for like 325 come on man it's less than that less than gas and a cold brew oh my goodness y'all and it's cheaper than getting all those supplements yourself no all in one nutritional insurance That's what you're investing in when you get yourself some athletic greens. And on top of all that, I'm gonna let Will tell you about this. Will, how does it taste?
1: I like the taste. It's a good taste, yeah. It's like a lot of these green drinks, they're kind of not so good, but this one's very fruity. It's not like overwhelmingly sweet. I really like getting the day kicked off with it. And I gotta say, I forgot to drink my athletic greens yesterday. I think that's why I got a little bit of a head cold today. Oh, so, no. There it is. Got back Got back on the horse. Hopefully, I'll be feeling better tomorrow. Figure it out.
2: Guarantee you'll be feeling better tomorrow, baby. Those adaptogens, they're calling. They're like, help me, Will. Give me something. <laughs> they got to hook them up, baby. So to make it easy for y'all, man, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of that immune-supporting vitamin D and that 1, 2, three, four, five Travel packs free with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash c-h-g-o bulls that's athleticgreens.com slash c-h-g-o bulls to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance athletic greens you know what it is you scoop it you dump it you shake it you drink it you feel it Mm. right there in your face See my brothers in the comments, man. Drink your Athletic Greens, bro. What up, bro? I'm Drink sorry. your Athletic Greens.
0: Wait, one more time. What What do the uh, adaptogens sound like? The personified adaptogens? Well. <laughs>
1: thank you. You have to be yummy. Weird. Regardless <laughs> of adaptogen. who you are, they're calling my name. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my That's goodness. That's the flex Love of the me, century. That's the um, flex of the century right there. Adaptogens calling my name no matter what.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Let's talk about Draft prospects. Um, I'm not going to lie. I am very excited to talk about this next person we're looking at in this draft. And it's not just because he's from Belleville, Illinois. Okay. Guys, I might be, of all the guys we've talked about so far, Mm -hmm. I might be the most excited about EJ Liddell. Mm. There are so many things I like about his game. Uh, Just finished his junior season at Ohio State. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing I don't like about him. (laughs) To hell with the Buckeyes. (laughs) God, their football fans are obnoxious. Um, But. (laughs) He like he is a do it all kind of player. Yeah. Like I, I he can play multiple positions in the NBA. He can guard multiple positions in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's a six seven forward with a seven foot wingspan, mm-hmm. and I mean, wh- where do you guys want to start as far as what you like about his game? Because I could start anywhere on either side of the ball.
2: Uh, let me start. Uh, Will first. Uh, Joey, let me see that that graphic up, please. Uh, for that young man right there. E. There M- he M-. is. Uh, Look and, at those numbers. His junior year and twenty me, points per game. And let me just say, Matt. You are 100% correct. I am in love with this dude right here, love EJ him.
0: Liddell. Take him.
2: Oh my word. This is the guy. This is, yes, him. That one right there. When I watched that, first of all, six foot seven with that, with that wingspan of seven feet. No, six, 11, seven feet, same thing. Mm-hmm. But then what gets you is that defense. Whew. That's what got me, Matt. All the highlights I'm looking at were all like chase down blocks. Oh my gosh. My good and he's not fast, but he got those stride. Mm -hmm. And then you're watching him time it the entire way. There are people, there are three people ahead of him. It was like watching a race. Like there are three people ahead of him, and the guy with the ball is ahead of all of them. And he's still catching that person, and he's doing it with that stride and his length, man. It's incredible watching him do that. All right. His IQ is off the charts. Yeah. The man's IQ is off. The charts, simply put, that's you can't find that kind of stuff. He was doing on the defensive end. The way he moves his feet, he was always never out of position. Uh, the pick and roll. I mean, he's the guy that you could switch with all the time. Mm-hmm. And watching him, I thought about my man Will. Where's Will? Where will go? Will, will Thrill. Thank you. There he is. I thought about my man Thrill while I'm watching him because I'm like, this is your small ball five right here. Ooh. Like that is the one. He is the one you put at that five. Oh, look at him! Look at him! He, <laughs> he is the one. <laughs> He is that guy. He did everything because not only is he 6'7", I mean, and I talked all about his defense, but that offensive game, the post-up moves he has inside, I loved it. And he could step out and shoot a three, which he turned himself into. 38% from behind the three-point line. Dude, perfect. You know what I'm saying? And they can't double-team him because he's a good, damn near great passer out of the double-team, man, Mm -hmm. finding the right person. Why? Because he's got that high IQ like that. He had everything. It was like watching a better Taj Gibson. Ooh. Like when I saw like the first time I saw Taj in college. Yeah. That's what I thought of. Like right. this is like a better version of that Taj Gibson than and, I, I saw. Taj in college. is six eleven, right? Yes. I mean like Yes, he was tall like that. Know, Liddell's six seven, but six he seven, plays. like and he
0: said in draft interviews and in combine interviews, he believes he can guard all five positions. And in he the looked NBA. like it.
2: Yeah. You couldn't the guys who he was getting out on guards. And, and you could see they were licking their chops as soon as they would get him. His perimeter like, defense cool, is legit, man. Dude, his deep, man, look. And he goes straight up. Yeah. Like, he doesn't jump into you. So he won't get, like, a lot of fouls or anything like that because he's got that athleticism and he's got that wingspan. No, I am with you, man. I am on board with this dude right here, EJ Liddell.
0: All right. Man. Will, make it three for three. Tell everybody you're in love with EJ Liddell as much as we are.
1: So I started doing this draft prospect homework, and I kept on seeing EJ – mocked to the bulls and i was like kind of annoyed kind of bored with it like oh here we go with another junior prospect who is just like a three and d prototype like grant williams had a good playoff series against the Bucks, and now this guy's rising up the charts so i was like pretty hesitant about him but i mean i started watching the tape he is way more impressive than i thought um and you got to start with the rim protection like this dude block shots all over the floor all right like you said the chase down blocks like he's LeBron James out here chasing guys down in fast break opportunities. His help side defense, stepping over to cut off drives. Like these are highlight blocks. Like he is a freak around the rim. And then you know he's going for these highlight blocks, but he's also really good at verticality and just like altering. Um, he's got that six eleven point seven five wingspan and a thirty three and a half inch standing vert, thirty eight inch max vert from the combine. So he's able to kind of like because he's so strong, take guys drive into his chest and then still get up uh, and jump really high to, to alter those shots. And then you've got the, the super long wingspan as well. So he's a really special rim protector at a position that typically you don't see that, right? Like you think of good rim protectors, you think of Mark Williams, who's seven, two, right? So a six, seven guy who to your point can move his feet, can defend a bit on the perimeter has that long wingspan, is pretty shifty, and is just so sturdy that you can't really move him. If guards are going to drive in him, they're going to bounce right off because they're just not big enough. So really, really impressed with him defensively. And you mentioned it, Dave, the the passing, I think, is his best skill offensively. They ran a ton of posts up for him. This is going to sound kind of crazy, but I'm watching him, and I kind of think of like Zion. He's kind of that same size. He's kind of that same like strength and, and body shape. And he's doing these like one dribble, like just lower his shoulder, jump into you and then get to these jump stop little baby hooks. And that's similar to the way Zion plays, similar passing out of the post. Obviously, like Zion way more talented, like not a comparable type of player, but just in terms of the way, you know, watching them, the what, what you see. So really, really impressed with him offensively. And I think the biggest question for me and really like what will make or break his NBA career is his three-point shot uh he elevated it up to 37 percent in his junior year was not as good his sophomore and even worse his freshman year um and the number looks good but if you watch a shot it's kind of got a very slow release there's a bit of a hitch in it um i don't know I, i'm trying to remember like who in my like memory of all these guys jump shot forms who he reminds me of but there's a little bit of a hitch in there a little bit of like extra leg motion and for me he's not going to get that many post-ups when he's in the NBA, right? Like that just, they don't really exist like that. And I think that's where a lot of his passing comes from, right? So if you don't have those two, the ability to use those two skills, his offensive game is going to rely a ton on the three-point shot. And if he's a 31, 32% three-point shooter in the NBA, I don't know how much you can play him. If he's a 36, 37, 38% shooter, he's a really freaking good NBA player. So. Uh it really yeah, I think it just hinges on his three-point shot. I would bank on it just because of the progress that he's made and the fact that he did shoot at a really high level. But um I think given the fact that he's not gonna give you much offensive creation, like he's a good ball mover uh ball mover, he'll make the extra pass on the perimeter, but he's not like you're not running offense through him. So he's really gotta be able to hit his shots. Um but then yeah, I mean, just the defense is so insanely good and the rim protection especially next to a guy like Vucevic, like you need to have a guy who can step over and protect the rim. You've got him and Alonso together. That could be really special. So definitely way more intrigued with him than I thought I would be. Um, And I think he's going to be a really good player if he can have a consistent jumper.
0: Yeah. I agree. Watching the tape on his jump shot um you do worry if if it's going to be good enough that he's going to be a legitimate threat behind that 3 point line there is a hitch to it i also saw that he has a tendency to have a little bit of a hesitation mm-hmm. uh as opposed to just the confidence to catch and shoot in rhythm sure. Sure. a lot of a lot of the film i saw he's like he waits for a second and then maybe does a little bit of a jab step and then goes up instead of just dude catch and shoot keep right. it in rhythm right. um but i but i do also love his transition game and you guys uh, mentioned his his passing ability and his his court vision for a dude who's not a guard and a guy his size you can see some of his tape in when he's just running the break in transition and then some of the passes he makes some of the cross court like you know two hand over the head whip passes to a corner shooter on the other side of the floor he sees guys making cuts and has excellent pinpoint accuracy on bounce passes Mm -hmm. on like back doors like he's a great passer for a dude in his position Mm -hmm. but going back to what he does best and that's play defense and will you talked about his verticality um that's something that i saw him do very well uh, and he's talked about it in some of his interviews is forcing guys to take difficult mid-range deep mid-range shots with using a combination of his footwork to stay in front of guys and that verticality you talked about contesting and making guys take very difficult shots we're talking about a guy who is six foot seven, who averaged two point six blocks per game. <laughs> insane, Not man. per 40, 2.6 it's per game insane. from a guy who's six foot seven. Yeah. And uh, so I was watching his chat with Mike Schmitz, yeah. uh, the, you know, breaking down some film. Shout and out. my favorite part of their conversation was this anecdote where um, EJ talked about how his mom was a volleyball player at Illinois State when she was in college, and she played the center blocker position. And was significantly undersized compared to the average person and that person's height playing the center blocker in volleyball. So he's like, yeah, no, I'm I'm undersized for a guy who's blocking everything, but I get that from my mom, who was wow. a center blocker
2: in volleyball. Wow, that's amazing. Crazy, right? No, that's super cool. Like, that's really amazing. And watching him think out there when he's blocking those shots, because everything came on, like, backside. You know what I mean? And even when they were straight up, even those were great, but I was more impressed with the backside stuff. Like, they showed quite a few on Kofi Cockburn. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When he's trying to make those moves inside, he doesn't anticipate that that dude's going to be there, but he's there. There. And he's throwing that shit across the damn plate. It was amazing to watch. And, Will, I'll I'll push back a little bit on this of what you said. Um, I think he will have have some uh, um, ability and some time to get in the post and, you know, kind of score – in the post, and even if he doesn't, if he just gets two or three shots scored in the post, that immediately unlocks his other thing that he does, which is the passing. Because once you show that you are able to score that way, they immediately try to take that away, because those are easy points, those are high percentage shots, and you don't want to give those up. So immediately they're going to try to you know swarm down, double-team, get that ball out of his hands, because he's not a great ball handler right. at all. So they're definitely going to try to get that ball out of his hands that immediately unlocks that IQ and that passing ability. And I'm just picturing just three-point shooters around him when, he, when that occurs. Now, I'm not saying it's like he's Shaq or Dwight Howard or something like that. I'm just saying it kind of unlocks that potential that he can get, pick up those assists that way and help the team more so uh, in that way. And I think also he, he's going to have to get himself a little jumper because Will's right. But he's going to have to get himself one of those you know, old-school Charles Oakley Kind of things, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, hit those open like, jump shots. And you brought up Taj up. earlier. Taj had like a 15 right. footer, like exactly. a little elbow jumper. Exactly. And and he'll get away with the three point shot early, guys, because he'll have time to shoot that. They're not going to be out on him. You know what I'm saying? He'll have time to get that off. And I just am impressed that he built that into his game because all that all I was thinking about was Io mm-hmm. the entire time. Io did the same thing. You know what I mean? Built himself into that. So to show he can build himself into that kind of shooter. I'm like, well, that means he can build himself to actually get a nice jump shot, you know, and do something like that. So I'm impressed with him, but I think Will Will is right in uh, what he said about him for sure. But I think that he can definitely score in the post and it could unlock that. Not, not be dominant down there, but he could definitely get some points down there.
1: For sure. I All I meant by that was that like post-ups aren't as big of a part of the NBA offense as they are for him in college. So I just don't think they would be. As many, and then you wonder, like, if Jamar's if out there on the court with him, like, he's just not posting up. Like, that just, that's not going to happen. Um, but I do think, especially for some of these older and stronger guys like EJ Liddell, um, you know, it's kind of a turnoff in a sense that, like, well, this guy's only dominating, you know, freshmen in college because he's a junior and he's had time to be in the weight room and he's much bigger. Um, but EJ's, like, bigger than a lot of NBA players, too. Like, he'll still have that advantage once he gets to the league. And so if he does have that little put his shoulder into your chest, jump stop, hook shot, like I think that will work. Um, I just don't know if the opportunity for it will be there as much. Um, It's the same thing with guys like Kofi, who you mentioned. Like this guy is dominating college because he's huge, but he's bigger than NBA players too. So I think he'll still have that advantage. Um, And yeah, for somebody who is so good at playing help side defender um, stepping over from as the low man from the opposite weak side block or even like there were plays where he would would come down from the wing or even the top of the key to block a a drive or a post up like he just he comes out of everywhere and and defenders like that who are great in space who can defend uh, basically the entire floor from no matter where they are and then also stay in front of smaller guys like I don't know if he'll be able to like stick jaw or anything like that but you, could, you can get away with having some more switchable defenses with him out there. To your point, I would love to see him as a small ball five next to Patrick, next to Damar, Zach, and Caruso, or Alonzo. Like, that's a really fun switchable lineup, and I think he fits right into the modern NBA. So he's a guy that's kind of mocked in the late teens to mid-20s, and I think he could sort of be higher uh, or at, at the... At the front end of that or even higher just because of how well he could just fit into any modern NBA team because every team is looking for that guy that can just be bigger than you and stay in front of Giannis or Kawhi or whoever it is.
0: I just wanted to get to this comment. Thank you. I was, man. Uh, I yeah, this I got you, I was, baby. Man, I got come you. on. Holding, holding that bag recording saying, Patrick Williams, Derek Jones Jr., Javante Green, Marco Simonovich, Tyler Cook, and EJ Liddell, six players that play the four, overdoing it at that position. We uh-huh. need a shooting, uh, a, a small forward slash shooting guard. Okay. First of all, Derek Jones Jr., get what him. makes you think he's coming back next he season? He Javante, bless his heart, he played a lot of four. That's not where he's supposed He'll to be, be back playing. he the two. Marco... Do we know if he's an NBA player? No, nothing points to that yet. G League. Tyler Cook, you know, looked okay in what, like maybe 10 appearances mm-hmm. in the 82 game. Why are, you, why are you counting all of those people
2: who don't, are probably not going to matter next season? Four of the people you've named. You know what I'm saying? Derek Jones, Junior, Javante, Marco, and Tyler either won't be there or not playing that position. Right. But, Dave, we I- do need a shooting guard and a small forward.
0: I'm sorry, do you mean the positions that Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan play? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what
0: are we talking about, people?
1: Stop it. I would just I would just <laughs> add that, like, they have so many of those guys because you need somebody who can do those things, and the Bulls don't have any, so they're just cycling through guys to see if somebody steps up, and, like, EJ could be that guy.
2: He could be that guy, and, and that's the guy you put in because literally he's the one that fits that the most out of everybody you just kind of named. That Derrick Jones – You could cheat it with him at the five because it looks sexy, but he really wasn't a five. You know what I'm saying? It was cool. Javante, you cheated with him at the four, but guess what? He is definitely not that. Marco, we still don't know yet. Tyler Cook, still G League right there. The only one you know for sure is Patrick Williams is going to play the four, and you can switch that sometimes when you're running other lineups. That means EJ Liddell can play your four or your five and wants to run let Will have his small ball. Let him have it. This is why it's going to be awesome, man. He's perfect for small ball. Perfect, <laughs> damn it. Barton just said, careful, or Matt will besmirch you
1: in
2: the chat. <laughs>
0: Great callback, yes. Barton. Uh-huh.
3: How
2: wonderful. Joey knows
0: what Joey's, it is now.
3: Joey's
2: not smiling.
3: He's not. Joey's he shaking like his head. <laughs> He's not. Victim Joey. Well, Barton was actually the first guy that prompted the entire... He was the one that initially besmirched the name of Maddie Legend. He it's did. True. So, he did. It's true. He did. So, it's true. he did. Not surprised that he... Remembers
2: you're not surprised.
1: He's he's not not surprised.
3: surprised.
1: Comes to, smirchy. The Smirch E, yes. Oh, uh, it's
0: <laughs> uh, popping in, in the chat as well, saying, Hey, Hal Caruso was guarding the five in some games. You know what I'm too. saying?
2: Come on, man. Um, you need help at that position, and all he saying in defense as well, right? That's also what this is talking about because Derek Jones Jr., no, no. Block your shot and stuff like that. But yeah. the, when he would walk in the game, he would get two fouls. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because he can't guard them dudes like that. Javante Green is not guarding Giannis. Like, it's just not a thing. Well,
0: it's I, not I mean, going to happen like that. He did.
1: He did. <laughs> and how did it work out? <laughs> not well. Not the better, best. Not the best. Than- when Archie Diakono was guarding Giannis. Oh, but he struggles with the small guys. Shout
0: man.
2: out. He struggles with the small guys. I
1: don't he know does. if he
0: knew that. <laughs> that he does. Uh, all right. Uh, so that is EJ Liddell. Looks like we all uh, agree that that could be a very intriguing option for the Bulls at 18. It's Most awesome. mock drafts that I've looked at have him going anywhere from kind of like 15 to 25. Mm. So I'd say there there's a very decent chance that he is yeah. on the board when the Bulls, assuming the Bulls are on the clock at 18. Mm-hmm. Go on the clock. All right. Um, So that's him. Next up, we're going to do Jaden Hardy. But before we do that, Big Dave hit the people once more Uh, with the points bet. Hit him in the face. Would you please? In
2: the face with that love and affection. Right in your face. Because if you enjoy CHGO, then why wouldn't you? One way to help us to continue to grow that, Ron, is to download that points bet app and use that code CHGO when you sign up. Because not only are you getting those two, count them, one, two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but... If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of that awesome web content. Mm -hmm. And you'll even get a free T-shirt of your choice from that CHGO locker. And if you're here in this beautiful state of Illinois, in this wonderful city of Chicago, where it is awesome right now. Gorgeous. It is gorgeous. All right. (laughs) Summer peck is showing out right now. You can actually download that points spread app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook easier than ever so you can start living your bet life. Win in seconds. So what are you waiting for? I don't know. Because once the game starts, you don't just bet. No look past the wheel to thrill. Here the wheel.
1: You live your bet life.
2: Joey. It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. Hmm. Yo, you got facts over there, right Woo! there. That's what Matt tells me. <laughs> it's not gambling, Dave. I win. It's true. Tyrone. It's how uh, I roll. but you know what?
0: I, I must come clean. I I admit when I'm wrong. I did I did follow through on what I gave on my Tuesday pick of the week. Okay. I did take Warriors money line. So I liked it as a good value bet. You did. And when they were making that third quarter run, I was like, oh, never a doubt. They let me down. <laughs> never a
3: doubt. Let me down. It's
0: okay, though, because I still cashed on a four-leg parlay. So. Ooh, heck. Um, Even when he loses, he wins. All right, speaking, speaking of gambling, um, whichever team takes Jaden uh, Hardy gamble. is going to be a bit of a gamble. Yeah, no question. Because, like, talk about fascinating prospects in this draft class. This kid came out of high school And people were like, that's a top three pick right there. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, he was putting up like 60-point games continuously in Mm -hmm. his high school basketball career. And then he has multiple recruitment offers from multiple blue-chip college basketball programs. And to all of them, he says, no, thanks, I'm good. (laughs) And then goes through the G League, played this past season on the G League Ignite, Mm -hmm. and his draft stock has tumbled And you have to assume it's mostly because of his shooting splits. Yeah. Because he was known mostly as a lethal shooter with crazy Steph Dame-esque range in high school. Yeah. And then this season with the G League Ignite, his shooting splits, 35%. Yuck. 27%. Ugh. Still solid at the free throw line, 88%. But yikes. Yuck. So now it's, okay, what was real? Yeah, Ooh. is he a, a phenom in high school, mm-hmm. or is is the the version we saw with the G League Ignite? Not to say that the version we saw with the G League Ignite was absolute trash. Mm-hmm. He still like caught fire and was putting in buckets in some games. Yeah, if he you was. watch his G League Ignite highlight reel, mm-hmm. you're like, this this dude shot twenty seven percent from behind three point. Like he's raining in his highlight reel. Yeah, it's a giant question mark. I I'm having a hard time putting my finger on whether or not this dude is for real in the NBA level. Mm-hmm. Will, what do you think when you look at Hardy?
1: I mean, you said it. He's the biggest question mark I think we've talked about so far. Uh, you watch the highlights and you think this dude is like the second coming of, I don't know, Jamal Crawford or something. Like, he is an incredible one-on-one scorer. Um, so many moves in his bag. He's great in pick and roll. He's great um, just like isolating getting switches and just cooking any big man that goes on him. So, and it's not just like going to the basket. Like he's got a ton of step back moves. His handle is pretty tight and he's able to just create space in so many different ways. Um, But then you look at the percentages and it's how can you be this talented and shoot 29% on threes, 35% from the line or from the uh, field, excuse me. Um, He's, you, you just, you have to wonder how much of it is real. Um, I think the context is interesting with him. You know, the the G League Ignite team was a lot of really young guys. He was carrying a ton of the offensive burden, um, no spacing whatsoever on those teams with Dyson Daniels shooting really poorly for the first part of the year and Marjan Beauchamp also shooting really poorly. Um, But that's kind of the point of the Ignite team is to like get those guys big minutes, let them play against NBA players, And again, I mean, these are a bunch of 19 year olds. It's like the OKC Thunder going up against, you know, a regular NBA team. Like they're just they're going to get beat a lot because they don't really understand or know the game. And I think that's really the big knock for me is like, will he be able to learn how to play in an NBA offense to be that lead guard where you didn't really see him making plays? He showed some flashes of being able to find role men or kicking it out to the corners. But. To me, he was not very polished in that area, and that's something that you can learn, but he was really, really raw. And I could see teams, you know, wanting to, like a like a Hawks team, that needs somebody to relieve some pressure from Trey Young. Like, he could be that guy that plays next to him because he's pretty big, uh, 6'4", and he looks really good off the catch. Uh, shot 40% on catch-and-shoot threes. Um, good free-throw shooter, so that is a positive indicator that maybe he can get that number up once he's in the league um and he's got great range so i think he could be a much better shooter maybe he like i said plays next to a guy like trey young and then when trey goes to the bench he can kind of command those second units but right now he kind of seems like a microwave bench kobe white type of player and there's nothing wrong with that teams need that but it's a matter of will he be able to put it together and really understand the game to where he's not just like going out there and taking a bunch of shots
3: can i jump in real quick I, i i uh I would love this pick for the Bulls because I think that this is a, a high upside guy in today's yeah. NBA. Like you you hit on the free throw splits. Like I think that's promising in terms of his shot coming back around. And Matt already like this guy's a super high pedigree prospect uh coming out of high school. Athletic, can score, really skilled. And like look at the other players that have had like look at Jonathan Kuminga who struggled immensely in the G League last year. Same type of shooting splits, under 25 from three. Saw that draft stock fall. And now, what are you guys laughing at?
0: Just a comment me, that popped man. up. And, uh, <laughs> not you.
3: Keep going. And, like, I think that Kuminga's stock plummeted far- further than it should have. I think if there was a redraft today, probably he might have gone, well, I don't know. It's a stack class. But that, I, I don't know. I'm not looking too much into that. It's obviously concerning. But the struggling offensively at the G League, we've seen other players overcome that. So, true.
2: Sure yeah uh, I think a team like I'm the sorry, Rockets
1: really is another one that the team like the Rockets is another one that makes sense because you've got that third overall pick you're going to take Paolo Banquero, and then you can take a little bit more of a swing when you're up to seventeen, so he's definitely a risk but uh yeah I mean like guys like that don't come along super often. He's not just like you know some empty calorie score like he I think could really put it together and having a high pedigree in high school really does matter um Another area where I think he needs to improve is finishing. Like he doesn't really have an in-between game or a game at the rim. And given what he is capable of doing, you would imagine that he could figure that out and get to that point. Maybe it doesn't happen in his first year or two in the league. But I I do believe in the scoring package. It's more about everything else there.
2: Uh, I'll say that, you know what? Let me start with the positive on him. What impressed me the most was the fact that even though he's shooting 35% and 26% from three, he was averaging 17. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, that was impressive to me. And you're completely right, Will, uh, when you talk about the spacing. The spacing was terrible. (laughs) Watching those highlights on that team, he would get that ball and he would come down. And the reason he was pulling up for three is because he's the only one down the floor. They're the only one down the floor or they're right next to him.
3: You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? And I'm
2: like – dude, get to the other side of the floor. Like, you're like, everybody spread out. You know, get somewhere so he can do something. So he was taking those shots because those were the best shots available. It wasn't like, I'm I'm the man, I'm taking this no matter what. You right. know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. He was like, no, this is what's available. This is the one I'm putting up right here. I commend him for that kind of thing, man. Also, I like Will's right. He gets to the bucket. Like, he really can get to the bucket, make those moves and get there and draw the foul, which is why he shot such a high percentage uh, from the free throw line. And – High free throw shooting is invaluable. The reason he won't work on the Bulls is quite a few things. One, he's 6'4". And the, I don't think the Bulls are interested in a 6'4 dude who don't play defense. You must be this tall to ride the roller coaster. Yeah, man. Like, it's just a thing. Like, Io is is the exception because of his wingspan and his defense. Right. And so that's why he is able to get in there and play. I don't think they want – and you mentioned Kobe White, and that's exactly who I was thinking about the entire time while, while I was watching him. I was like, do they want another Kobe White? Do they want to deal with that, or do they just want to roll with the one that they have that they've invested in already? And Right, yeah, right. they might even not want him, Lawrence. You're absolutely right. And, hi, Lawrence. How you doing, by Whoa. the way, man? Good to see you. But uh, but also, like I, I watched him, and – that. <sighs> I couldn't shake how bad the defense was. Like, I really couldn't. I couldn't wow. shake that. that. That defense was not good at all. And I kept saying to my I know he's raw. He's raw. He's young. He didn't go to college. You know what I'm saying? So he doesn't know those nuances yet. Maybe he'll get to the league and, you know, be able to learn some footwork. But the footwork was bad. The pick and roll defense, I mean, just no, it didn't exist. So the reason it shined so much is because of the percentages mm-hmm. of his shooting. That's the reason it stands out so heavily. You know what I'm saying on on a guy like him, and but I I love his athleticism. I love saying sneaky athleticism. He really does have sneaky athleticism, man, man because of his length of his arms when he goes up for those dunks. And some of his tape when he gets an open yeah, lane, oh my god, damn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like. Yeah. But most of that tape you watch, he couldn't finish when when it when it wasn't a dunk and he had to lay up or something like that. He could not finish the the shot at the rim, so he could get there because he's got that lane he's got a nice move to get there, but he has to put it into the bucket, and that's the big thing. So, yeah, I don't think they are looking for another Kobe, and the fact he doesn't play de- or can't play defense right now uh, is not going to bode well for him being a pick for the Chicago Bulls. I think he should be in the NBA because that's it's raw. Like Will said the best word for it, he's very, very raw, and it's hard to pass on a dude who you know can shoot 40% on the catch and shoot, who can create his own shot and can shoot a high percentage from the free throw line. It's hard to find those guys, so I think you can find space for him there, but I don't think you can find it here on the Bulls, though.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I think...
2: Go
0: ahead, Will.
1: A big question is, like, will Kobe be around? And we know that the Bulls need that spark plug score off the bench. Like, could he fill that role if the Bulls were to, say, move Kobe for another player on the wing? Um, and I think if that were to happen, he makes a little bit more sense, but uh, again, I think the Bulls should be careful about drafting a guy based on whether he fits their needs right now, or versus like just if you believe in this talent. And I think the confusing thing to me about his talent, like you obviously see it with the handle, the step back three, all the stuff that we're talking about. But typically, what you see with scores like that is that they have soft touch, and so you have really good fruit throw numbers, which he has. He has a really good step back his, his shot and his like ability to get to his shots is really nice but then he's like throwing the ball off the backboard every time he drives it's just weird like I can't get a good feel for his ability to score at all three levels once he gets to the league and again I think I've, I've seen enough to believe that he will improve um, his percentages by a significant margin but um, yeah I think the defense which you brought up Dave and just the the passing and playmaking make me question if he's going to be able to be uh, a lead guard on offense without being a complete negative on defense. And like you said, I mean, they already have that guy. Yeah,
0: and uh, look, Joey, you could be right in the sense that maybe this guy is going to end up being a steal of the draft because he is the one who's high re- risk, but also maybe high, high reward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's possible, especially when you just talk about some of the Dame-like shots that this guy looks capable (laughs) of making. That's real. That is a valuable player in today's NBA. uh, But I think that the reason that consensus he has gone in one year from top three pick to, I believe, in the, what, somewhere between 15 and 20 different NBA mock drafts that we've got in this spreadsheet of ours between, you know, every NBA media outlet that there is, I saw his name above the Bulls at 18 in one of them. He is in the late teens and then into the 20s in every mock draft now. Mm -hmm. And that is a big fall for a guy who was once considered a top three pick. And to me, it's about two things. It's about the fact that he shot so poorly in his one G League season, Mm -hmm. coupled with an undersized guard who can't play defense. Yeah. That's a lot of risk to roll into your, but maybe high reward when you're weighing the pros and cons of drafting a guy like this. So,
2: let me ask, uh, Joey, let me ask you, um, because I know he's uh, being presented as a combo guard, but do you think he's better at one particular position? Do you see him fitting like either at a point guard position or a shooting guard position?
3: Uh, honestly, I haven't watched his game enough to know enough of the nuance, but just like that. That profile of player, I would assume, is like if he could play off the vo- off the ball, that's where I think it would probably be the most valuable. Like I, I see in Will's evaluation, one of the biggest question marks was uh, playmaking ability. I don't know if he can be an offensive engine. I mean, based on where he's drafting, I'm probably not going to be that. But um, I just think like you know, if uh, Donovan Mitchell was coming out again. We wouldn't say, like, don't take him because he's small and he doesn't defend. If you have a chance to add a talented guy like that to your roster, it's obviously a huge question mark. But that's that's the path of success I could see him taking.
1: And I, I love that you brought that up because I think that's – I think he's going to be a late riser in the draft. Like, in the next week or so, you're going to start to see his name more in the Bulls range and maybe even a little bit higher because he does have that sort of upside – and it's not an E.J. Liddell situation where you kind of know what you're getting from him. Um, there's obviously the question mark of the shooting, but like, you know, he's going to be a good defender and, you know, his, his upside is not going to be superstar caliber. Um, maybe teams start to believe that Jaden Hardy has that kind of, you know, lead guard caliber upside and that's worth taking a swing on in the team. So I could totally see it. and I think he does provide a lot of value on a team that doesn't necessarily need that kind of scoring, that kind of playmaking right away. That will also like be a good environment for him to learn it. Like, honestly, this sucks to say, but like if the Bulls had developed any player at a high level since Jimmy Butler, I would feel a lot better about taking a guy like this because they have that sort of environment where you can grow somebody who's pretty raw into being a star level player. Like they just haven't done that. So maybe a team like Houston or like OKC or, I don't know, some one of these teams that can wait a little bit longer would feel like they could uh, mold him into that kind of player. And I think he has the skill set that could allow him to get there, but it would take a lot of things to break right for that to happen.
2: And that's where I kind of see him, though. Like I think I would like him more on a team where he's going to be the focal point. I like him more when he's going to be starting, right. being a guard. Like He doesn't feel like a guy that's coming off the bench to me. He feels like a dude, like, he needs the ball in his hands. Kind of
0: like, like what, what Jalen Green was allowed to do with the Rockets. Yes, That correct, kind of situation. Correct. Like,
2: make his mistakes in that way. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I think he learns better like that. Then more so watching, I think he learns better by doing. So I, like, I would like him on the floor, you know what I'm saying, making those mistakes, you know what I'm saying, in the starting lineup more so than him coming off the bench and then making it and then you're like, ah, yank him, take him out, you know, because he made the mistake. No, I, I want him, put it around him, man. Like, put that ball in his hands and, and let him go. Uh, All right. Sadly, we are out of time. So there's two more on the list of our
0: potential Bulls draft picks at 18. EJ Liddell and Jaden Hardy. We will do a handful more for you guys moving into next week. And on top of that, we're going to start releasing some quick hitter vids covering all of these players that will also be in our Bulls playlist on our CHGO Sports (laughs) YouTube channel here, uh, which, by the way, subscribe if you aren't already. Keep it locked here. We got Sox postgame coming up uh, Uh, shortly. Few innings left. They are playing the Dodgers now, I believe, bottom of the sixth, Um, end of the sixth. Seventh, 10-5. 10-5. White Sox have some work to do. It
2: was 4-0 when we sat down. I was was like, oh, all
0: right, Sox, up 4-0. And then we came, and then I looked at my, I was like, What? What happens?
2: So tired of this. Either
0: way, regardless of the outcome, our White Sox crew will come and sit in these chairs and have White Sox hey, post game for you guys. Shout
2: out to Vinny Duvin for asking Tony Larusa the right Loved questions. It. Shout Loved out, it. bro. Good job, yeah. man. Get on them. Man. Gotta ask
0: them real questions. I don't know. I what's mean, what's real Garcia real? still doing in that leadoff spot? Why? Part? I don't. Why
2: are you giving him four? Okay, it's not my show. Sorry.
0: I don't Wait. understand. <laughs> don't <laughs> understand.
2: Uh,
0: shout out, thanks to our producer pal Joey, Joey! as always. Uh, will in the circle. He is on Twitter at Won't Golly, Big Dave's Bow B A W L Sports. I'm Bulls underscore Peck. We are bah. CSGO underscore Bulls. We're remote tomorrow, but we will be live at 3 p.m. Fun Friday! Fun Friday on deck. NBA Slam released <laughs> NBA top 75 teams all time. Gee! We're going to talk about it. I mean, who's number
2: one? As you might expect, mm. Bulls heavily oh. featured on that list. I am shocked. I know, right? Flabbergasted. Well, you heard flabbergasted, Joey. Yeah, come on. Gotcha. Give me some <laughs> credit. Like, like, don't, don't get arrogant now. Come on. Now.
0: <laughs> All right. So until tomorrow at three, y'all take care of yourselves. Will, drink your athletic greens. Feel mm. better, okay? <laughs> for Joey, Dave, and Will, I'm Peck. Thanks as always for tuning in, Bulls Nation. Appreciate you. Love you. See you, Red. Be good.